Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Billboard Charfy Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, Chart Manager here at Billboard. You know, I, with you, Trevor, I, I have enough reasons to feel old. Pretty much, you happens. have enough reasons without me. So, our intern, Desiree. Hey guys. We were talking before, as we're taping this, it's uh, Tuesday afternoon, so I'm excited. As a Red Sox fan, the World Series is starting tonight. This is posting on Thursday. I don't know what mood I'll be in by then, but I said to Desiree, I said, hey, the World Series starts tonight. She, she looked at me like, no, like I was completely different. You'd never heard of the World Series. I've never heard. Of, I thought of the World Cup. Like, I thought you were talking about soccer. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I wonder. Okay, so obviously you didn't grow up in a baseball household. Yeah, it's just not my thing. I The most I know about baseball is Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox. That's about it. Have you yeah. heard of the Red Sox? That's it. Interesting. And the Blue Jays, I just found out that's Toronto Blue right. Jays. Yeah. That's it. They say younger generations just aren't into baseball because it's a slower pace and means nothing to you, right? Yeah. Like, who has all that time to just sit there and watch the ball go back and forth and, like, hope somebody hits it? Like, no, just, you know, let's get this over with. Who won? You know, it's funny, and this is... Uh, yeah, obviously, side, sidestepping music for a little bit. <laughs> I think that's something that's kind of funny about all sports. I, I, I hear a lot of potential reform. Like, I'm a tennis fan, and there's some talk about tennis, like, you know, shortening those kind of games and sets because, especially because tennis is like a count-up sport, so that, like, like, like baseball. Like it's you, not based you, on the clock. It's, right, you have right. to win right. at some point eventually. Um, it's not, yeah, you can't run it out like in football right. or soccer even or basketball. So some of these things, you know, they go on for three and a half, four and a half hours, and you, you don't know when it's going to start, when it's going to stop. And especially nowadays, I guess maybe was different when we were growing up where it felt like if there was one TV, you know, maybe dad decided what was going to be on. And now with so much competition from every device, Netflix, Hulu, you know, people are very much no longer having to stick to one particular, you know, three-hour, four-hour event. Yeah, I think people are at least uh, doing other activities while watching baseball. So uh, as long as you're still watching, but at least they've heard of 
heard of the World <laughs> Series. But I guess, you know, it, hey, if if you didn't grow up with it, maybe you have no attachment to it in the long run. So uh, I'm sure this is not something that the commissioner of baseball wants to hear, but maybe this is, you know, maybe they got to make some reforms for the next generation. Yeah, like just cut it down to like maybe like three innings. Oh, okay. The base. I'm sure the baseball purists are like, you got it. Three in. No, 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 no. Um, and if you have not sort of picked up the hint, we'll be joined, of course, by Desiree uh, throughout the episode today. So we want to welcome her to her first official chart beat podcast appearance. She's been behind the scenes for the past couple of weeks, uh, recording Gary and myself, which is no easy task. But this week we're gonna bring her in front of the camera a little bit and of course by camera i mean microphone because this, this is not a filmed show but uh yeah welcome desiree let's give her a little round of applause i'm gonna hand you a sports section to to prepare oh, for, for baseball I, as we talk desiree i'm fired immediately all right so uh billboard hot 100 uh, we're gonna talk about this week billboard 200 what's going on there i uh, want to get into a, a story i posted on billboard.com last week too is friday afternoon it maybe got uh, buried a little bit but uh it's from our, our friends over at uh, hit songs deconstructed they've been on the podcast many times uh, dave and yael penn uh, put out a trend report that shows r&b hip-hop and pop have really changed places in the last three years. So if you go back to uh, third quarter, late 2015, uh, as compared to now, back then, pop was really running the top 10 of the Hot 100. Now it's hip hop. Uh, they've really switched places. So I'm just going to go back, we'll flash back a little bit and uh, see where that change happened and, and why it's happened and uh, maybe where it's going uh, going forward. So we're going to dig into that coming up. Uh, we'll make our way uh, around the charts this week, uh, beyond the Hot 100 and Billboard 200. New number ones on Country Airplay. R&B Mainstream Hip Hop has a new number one. Uh, some other uh, chart moves to go over. So uh, we'll get into it all here. And while today's discussion is going to center around hip-hop, we're also going to take a chance to wind back a little bit to a subgenre of hip-hop that was really running uh, the streets and the charts. About 15 years ago, we're going to talk to Lil Jon, and we're going to look back 15 years of Get Low, which is really the song that brought Crunk into the mainstream. So we'll hear about Jon, how the song was created, what producer in particular we all need to thank, because if it were not for a different producer, Lil Jon would have never cooked up the idea of Get Low and of course, because it's Lil John, we have to talk Chappelle show. So all that's going to be coming up a little later. So make sure you stay tuned for that. All right. Right now, this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I'm off the deep watch as I dive in. Number 10. Number nine. But you need it, yeah, you need it. All of the time, yeah. Too hot, don't stand too close. You gon' fuck around and drown. Off this way, doing all these shows. Number eight. I don't care where I go, long as I get paid. Bad little fight, she been on my mind. Soon as I get back, she can stay. Do this all the time. Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Now I hit the FBO with duffels in my hands. Number I didn't have a Zan. 13 hours till I land. Have me out like a light, like a light, like a light, like a light. I want to see you smile, know that means I'll have to leave. Number six. Know that means I'll have to leave. 
Once again, that is five weeks in a row. It is our friends Maroon 5. Hey, look at that. Uh, the song is Girls Like You, featuring our friend Cardi B, who, uh, of course, as many people I'm sure by now have heard, uh, dropped a new song today, Tuesday, called Money, that was supposed to be out on Thursday, but I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody got a little too excited, maybe they just didn't want to hold it back, maybe somebody was going to leak it and so they decided to beat the leak, whatever the case is. Cardi B back with a new song as well, so um, probably you'd have to think we'll make some sort of Hot 100 impact next week. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of a lot of Cardi coming around. It, to, to get technical on it, it, it'll wind up being a midweek release, so uh, it could kind of hurt her chances as opposed to having a first full week on the charts next week of tracking. Or maybe Cardi B is that hot. Maybe we'll see that you know after just about three days, maybe she can get a number one debut because. She's just that big. Who knows? I feel like if anyone could, she she could right now. It'll be tough to overcome Maroon 5 in particular uh, because especially one thing that they seem to be just lapping the competition on is that radio song, Girls Like You, number one on radio once again. This is 13 weeks and counting. And uh, if that sounds pretty big to you, well, that's because it kind of is. So 13 weeks, um, the most that we've seen by any act, you know, that's a man woman group ensemble circus clown car whatever 13 weeks the longest any song has been on top of radio songs since going all the way back to this and if you're too young or not hip enough to remember that song that is Ballad No One by Alicia Keys, which was a 14 week champ way back in uh, its heyday of 2007 into 2008. So, been over a decade since any song has been able to top the chart that long. I feel like part of it is Girls Like You is certainly a good song, certainly deserving to, to be at this point the longest leading radio songs number one of this entire decade. You know, and I know it's always hard to judge in the moment. I, I I mean, even if Bung fans that I know, like people who, who really gravitate towards Maroon 5, and I don't know if it's because it's one of the more stable songs in this era where it feels like every five seconds somebody's putting out something and it's it's not like a club banger and it's not, you know, sort of the hottest track in terms of sort of, you know, blowing up on SoundCloud or Spotify. Part of it is, I guess you could almost say, lack of competition among other pop records at the moment because... Hip hop is at such a huge moment. There, there isn't a whole lot of pop cutting through. So when you find a song like this that 
just sounds like it's totally made for radio, can fit on so many different formats, it's the safest thing to stick with if you're at radio and it's not like there are a whole bunch of other songs from pure pop acts at the moment taking that spot. So they sort of found this song that is the pop record at the moment that fits uh, so well and at a time when there isn't a whole lot else that sounds like that, I think part of it is uh, sort of like in sports, you would say, uh, uh, you know, the strength of schedule. It sort of benefits from it being in a weak division, in the pop division. It's sort of easily uh, winning. Yeah, I just wonder maybe, you know, in 10 or 15 years, because we'll probably all look back on this as sort of this streaming hip hop monolith. And that's probably what it should be. But it'd be funny, I guess, if you were just like sort of flipping through the book of number ones and yeah, you saw Bodak Yellow and you saw I Like It and you saw God's Plan and Nice For What. And then you see Maroon 5 and you're like, like, wait, what? Like in, in the middle of all this, like this? Okay, interesting. Well, I'm the one who said, is, is Maroon 5 a rock and roll Hall of Fame band? So I might not be as surprised. That's, you're right. Uh, so yeah, huge, huge hit. Biggest uh, in terms of most weeks at number one this decade for any song on the radio songs chart. All right, so uh, Maroon 5 just hangs on to number one. Actually, a really close race uh, between number one and number two, but uh, brand new at number two. You heard there in the top ten. Uh, ZZ debuts at number two, number one in streaming, number one on R&B hip-hop songs, number one on uh, hot rap songs. Almost did it. Almost debuted at number one. Yeah, I almost, you know, I, I know some people, of course, will be kind of upset and lament on the camp that it hit number two but i to me that's almost an overperformance. i did not expect this song to be that strong out of the gate uh if you don't know zz by kodak black travis scott and offset those are the three amigos on that track and, and i guess it kind of plays into this triple sort of play that i didn't expect certainly on the travis scott front um 2018 really you know and, and i didn't think it was going to be quite this hot travis scott really blew up in a way that I didn't, I didn't necessarily see coming. I mean, we saw it with Astroworld, um, still, you know, ten months into 2018, the second biggest start of the year. Only Drake Scorpion was bigger, and you know, I mean, it's Drake. Uh, yeah, obviously Drake was going to be massive and dwarf everybody, but um, the fact that the album's been so strong and hanging on, you know, Sicko Mode is of course still in the top ten of the Hot 100, and I think Travis Scott, you know, he'd been around for sure. He'd been on a lot of features, but. I don't know if people expected his viability as a lead artist on his own tracks, on his own material to be that hot. And so he's got all that currency going for him. So when he jumps on this song, of course, there's that attention. And, you know, and it's kind of the same way. I mean, Kodak Black obviously, you know, is a big name, big, big in this era, this new era of hip hop. But I don't know if people necessarily thought that Kodak had the muscle to to pull these kind of streaming numbers out of the gate. We saw with Tunnel Vision, but that was about a year and a half ago. Of course, he's had the legal troubles since then and this and that. But, you know, number two is his, not only his best debut, but his best position he's ever been on the Hot 100. And, I, you know, if you'd asked me a week ago if that would have been the case, I would have not thought it would go this high at all. Well, you talk about Cardi B. We can't talk about number two without talking about all these Cardi B tie-ins in terms of who performs on it. One's her husband and one is the person who kind of named her first hit bodak yellow you're right there would be no bodak yellow possibly without kodak black <laughs> that's so true right it's so true it's so i mean I, I don't want to say it's like an homage to kodak black but i guess but it's certainly he certainly laid the foundation for that so you're right and then of course offset yeah the uh, over a year now offset and cardi b been married and uh she made a good note of that on her instagram if you have not seen check it out she uh screen captured 
uh, the top 10 of the Hot 100 and circled her name at number one and offset at number two and noted Mommy and Daddy Shark at numbers one and two. <laughs> so the uh, the whole Cephas family up there in the charts. And we'll have to get we'll have to get culture, maybe number three. And I think a lot of people, if you had asked them what was going to be the biggest debut of this week, they would have picked the song that comes in at number five. That is Bad Bunny Drake. You heard it on the countdown. That is the song Mia. Um, a song that I don't know if it had been sort of in the on the internet, but I know internally we've heard a lot about this for a while that Bad Bunny and Drake had recorded together. Uh, song debuts at number five on the Hot 100 this week, as mentioned. Also, if you have heard the song, you'll note that Drake is rapping in Spanish. That Spanish track gives it eligibility on the Hot Latin Songs chart, where it debuts straight at numero uno. And it's actually Drake's second number one on Hot Latin Songs. Uh, fans may remember the track Oreo with Romeo Santos. That song was uh, number one back in 2014 for 13 weeks. So uh, on the Hot 100, by debuting at number five, Drake, more history for Drake, his 12th top 10 on the Hot 100 of 2018. So it's his 32nd overall, but uh, 12th of 2018. That is a record. He beats the Beatles, who had 11 in 1964. So a record that stood for 54 years. Drake topples, and here we are in uh, late uh, October. So still a chance to maybe get more, but uh, he's done it. So 12 top 10s in a year. New uh, all-time record for a single year. Uh, We want to have good listenership to this podcast, right, Trevor? Of course. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. He's figured out a way to get good ratings for his show, right? What's his big thing that he does? Other than he's on television. Interviews? Uh, has famous people on? He, he, we, we have famous people on. People come on and read mean tweets. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of segments I should have picked, but yes, mean tweets, all, a classic. So I, I just happened to be on Billboard's Facebook page yesterday, and the story where we posted this of, you know, when you post a headline that says Drake... Uh, beats the Beatles something obviously you're just kind of setting up that that competition and people on Facebook and the comments are just going to go back and forth on who's better you got the people who uh, are younger and grew up with hip-hop are going to say probably Drake is better and you've got uh, the people who've heard of baseball who are probably going to say that uh, the Beatles are better don't can't the man hold a grudge he can so can I read a few mean tweets from oh. our reader, who we love our readers, we're glad that there's passion, but can I read a few of these? Uh, I wish we could have like a Drake voice who could, you know, overlay this. Wait, Let's can go. I read it? Mean tweets? Yes. Should we, pass it? Should we pass it around? Yeah, we can pass it around. The Beatles made songs. Drake is just mumbling stupid texts with primitive arrangement. Oh, wow. Okay. I like the fact that it was so proper, <laughs> but it was so insulting at the same time. Ooh, Interesting. The Beatles are the greatest musicians to ever walk to this planet. Drake is an all caps nowhere man. Drake is a nowhere man. It's the name of a Beatles song. That is, I mean, you, we can compare you to a Beatles song. That's, that's, wow. Oh, I guess I should get this one since I wrote the story. This isn't Drake blowing his horn. It's a billboard weenie editorial writer with nothing to do because there is no comparison. They called you a weenie. I'm a weenie. It's such an 80s kind of an insult, isn't it? You don't hear someone called a weenie anymore. It's such a childish insult, though, too. <laughs> like 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 a five-year-old will call you a weenie. And like that, you know, a kid's insult, that hurts worse than what adults do. Gosh. Are you okay, G? Well, well yeah, but what are you? 
Billboard, you should know better. Shame on you. How do you sleep? Billboard never sleeps. That's why we're number one on 24-7. We got it covered. Boom, boom, boom. I think they get better, right? Oh, my God. So many haters on Billboard's Facebook page. The Beatles were loved by the generation, and Drake is loved by this generation of kids, including myself. Just acknowledge he's a great artist. Uh, One more. Uh, Why can't people just congratulate him or keep your rude thoughts to yourself? He did that. He put in the work. Don't get me wrong. The Beatles did it, too. They are both amazing artists in their own ways. I like the fights better. I know. It's not as fun, right? This way. No, we got it. We got it. This is actually pretty good. We need to find some more of these at some point. Cause <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a shortage of that. Absolutely not. When the sun goes down and the band won't play, I'll always remember us this way. Over on the Billboard 200. Lovers in the night. Number one for a second straight week, the Stars Born soundtrack, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. Uh, pretty big in uh, Gaga's own history. This is only her second album to be number one for multiple weeks. So Born This Way back in 2011 was a multi-week uh, number one. Now she's done it again. We got a new song parking right outside the top 10 this week. Uh, the song Trip by LMA with the album out in particular as well. Getting a nice boost there. Number five debut on the Billboard 200. So Trip might become her second top 10 next week uh, out of two tries. Of course, Boot Up was the first earlier this year. So, I mean, what a great breakthrough year. You know, you couldn't ask for more from LMA. Top 10 album, top 10 single, maybe a second top 10 single coming as well. And the song goes number one on the mainstream R&B hip hop airplay chart. It does. Radio really receptive to her. She broke the record already. Just first hit, breaks the record for most weeks at number one by a song by a female artist on the R&B hip hop airplay chart. So Radio really a big fan of hers. And it seems like the momentum will only continue going forward. One other track to watch out for next week could make a big splash. Um, So far, the returns for this Sunflower song, Post Malone, Sway Lee, looking pretty good. Of course, who would have guessed that Post Malone would have hits in 2018? Everybody. Post Malone just looking to continue that momentum that he's had all year, really since last year. And it seems like uh, another hit potentially on his hands. This one from the soundtrack to the upcoming film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So with that movie also backing, could definitely help out as well. Songs already with you know debuted in the top five on Spotify. Streams looking really strong. So that also could make a splashy debut next week. Spider-Man song doing well on the web. Y- y'all, somebody get him, please. Like, like is I gotta know where it comes from. Is this like is this a gene you're born with? This is this a muscle you have to exercise? You practice at home. You have to. She got the best to me. Over on the country airplay chart, new number one, Luke Combs, She Got the Best of Me, historic number one uh, for this song. It's his fourth number one on the country airplay chart in as many tries. His first four singles have all gone to number one. 
that country airplay chart goes back to 1990. No soloist has ever done that before. No a soloist has ever sent their first four hits all the way to number one. Uh, only uh, two acts have done that, Florida Georgia Line and Brooks and Dunn back in the early 90s. So now Luke Oh, come on, Brooks and Dunn. I love them. Are you talking about dances before with uh, Desiree's Beyonce? Want to do a little boot scoot and boogie? This is what a fun song. Uh, so, yeah, history for Luke Combs. The, the only really comparable uh, uh, chart move was actually before the country airplay chart, when it was the country songs chart, before airplay was monitored to get all technical. But uh, Clint Black sent his first four hits uh, to number one in the late 80s into the early 90s. So talking something hasn't been done since, since Clint Black. It's like a generation ago. Uh, Luke Combs does that. And uh, part of the reason, uh, other than, than good songs, is uh, he, he really tested a lot of this material with his fans. He's really, uh, in social media, in, in shows, he really cares what fans think. He, he uh, talking about younger people, millennials, he's saying uh, they don't want to wait for anything. They want to know that a song's going to be good. So he, he just tests his material. He's really uh, in a dialogue. And uh, not, not to be overconfident, but he says he, he kind of knew these songs, hopefully, would do really well because he'd talk to fans and, and they loved him. So not... Huge surprise to him, but uh, yeah, Luke Combs for making history on the country airplay chart. To meet you underneath the moon. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Play chart news. John Mayer is his first top 10 in the adult pop songs chart since 2010. Uh, New Light hits the top 10 this week. So uh, yeah, going back to 2010, the last top 10 he had on that chart was Half of My Heart, which uh, featured and uncredited technically Taylor Swift. That's how long ago it was for a top 10 when he and Taylor Swift were together. <laughs> this feels very uncomfortable all of a I sudden that I'm bringing this up. Uh, also new Drake and Michael Jackson they debut on the pop songs chart with Don't Matter to Me latest radio hit from Scorpion so uh, in terms of everything going on about Drake we're always talking about Drake and Scorpion but 2018 Michael Jackson debuts on the top 40 pop songs chart this week it is interesting to me you know and I guess this is part of this new era where you know there's no such thing in a lot of ways as overconsumption is that you know we've seen obviously what God's plan Nice for what? In my feelings, nonstop, um, and now don't matter to me. All and yeah, uh, I'm upset. Came out as well. Just all these Scorpion songs, just right. kind of 
you know, crossing on several different formats. Kind of reminds me of what Cardi B is doing, too. I mean, we saw with her album, obviously, Bodak Yellow was out, but she's had, um, I mean, features with No Limit, Motorsport. She had Finesse, then she had Be Careful, then she had Barty A. Cardi, Ring with Kehlani. Now she's got, she's got this song, Money Out, and Money's not even on her album. And the album came out only six months ago. And it's just so crazy that, you know, you can just sort of just scatter everywhere and nobody feels like it's unfocused or, you know, which one do we stick with? Which one do we go, you know, which which song do we work with or go away with? It's just, you know, you cannot have enough at this point. It's 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 crazy. So So uh, before we talked about pop and R&B, where they've gone in just three years. Again, that uh, story I uh, posted last week was based on a third quarter trend report that Hit Songs Deconstructed just put out. And it said how big uh, hip hop is uh, this year. No surprise from everything that we've been talking about uh, this week uh, throughout the year here on the podcast. But th- there was just one stat that really uh, stood out to me. And it was how uh, in the last three years, hip hop has totally ascended. And at the same time, pop has really fallen. So uh According to the report that uh, Hit Songs Deconstructed did, uh, again, uh, Dave and Yal Penn or Hit Songs Deconstructed, uh, in 2015, pop accounted for 49% of all Hot 100 top 10s. So basically half of all Hot 100 top 10s in 2015 were pop. Hip hop, 13%. It's, it's almost nothing. So it's 49 to 13% pop over hip hop. Uh, it's totally flipped. Now, this year, Hip hop is at sixty three percent, pop is at twenty one. So, so there's a lot of numbers, but uh, pop has gone from forty nine percent of all Hot one hundred top tens down to twenty one percent, and hip hop has gone from thirteen all the way up to sixty three, and uh, that sixty three percent is the highest total for any genre since Hit Songs Deconstructed has been uh, tracking data going back five years. So, all time high uh, over those five years for hip hop, and again, pop is. Uh, Really, the bottom has just fallen out. So uh, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look back at uh, talking about uh, third quarter 2015 is, is what uh, is being compared to. What was going on then as compared to now? Who who was having these pop hits and uh, where'd they go? And obviously, uh, it seems more of an easy answer as to hip hop. Where did it come from? Streaming completely exploded. And a lot of the hip hop acts, other than Drake, who's been around for a decade, a lot of these acts are new. There was no Kodak Black. There was no even a year ago. There's barely no Cardi B. So three years ago, uh, we always talk about just how streaming has uh, gotten so big. But maybe in some ways we forget about all the acts that have come along in three years. Whew. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and any questions? Actually, three years ago today, on the date of this taping, October 23rd, so uh, back in 2015, yeah, our lives were changed forever. Uh, so it kind of interesting when you look at it uh, this week, uh, two songs that debut in the top five are uh, ZZ and Mia. Obviously, uh, one's a little more Latin than hip hop, but yeah, hip hop songs. The two songs that were debuting uh, at numbers one and number two three years ago, Hello by Adele at number one and Sorry by Justin Bieber really doesn't get any more pop than Adele and Justin Bieber. Kind of interesting. Drake was at number three with uh, Hotline Bling. 
So he was down from his peak of number two. So uh, how different that is uh, three years later. But uh, you also had Bieber with What Do You Mean at number five, which was uh, the previous single. You had uh, Shawn Mendes with Stitches at number six. Taylor Swift with Wildest Dreams at number seven. And Fetty Wap was at number eight with 679, which... Kind of feels like more of a hit you'd have now. I was just thinking about six, seven, nine. Like I haven't heard that song in a minute. Yeah. But what a great, yeah. I mean, oh, for sure. You know, with with how melodic everything is nowadays. I mean, obviously, it was a big hit in its own time, but would have fit right at home here too. But that and Hotline Bling, they were the only hip hop songs in the top ten. You had two hip hop songs. You had Our City featuring Adam Levine from Maroon Five with Locked Away to Total Pop Hit at number nine. And uh, The weekend, uh, he had a couple songs, The Hills at number four and Can't Feel My Face at number 10. So he had a little R&B pop, you had pure pop, you had very little uh, hip hop. So, so yeah, so what happened? So Adele, yeah, she, she never puts out albums. This happened to be the moment when uh, she was back, had the huge hit, Hello. Bieber had a great run uh, with his album. Even when you sort of look back at, um, okay, obviously you take Adele. She's doing her usual hiatus now. She came through, wrecked the field, you know, left some carnage in her wake, scooped up some Grammys and, you know, flew back to England and said, thanks for, you know, thanks. See you in three years. Um, Bieber. Interesting. You know, I mean, if I guess anybody probably is going to, I don't know, save pop music, if you want to say it in, in that kind of sense, in terms of the numbers and statistics, that next Bieber album for sure will be the one to watch. We're already three years out since Purpose. We've had, you know, Despacito and a lot of features. So we've got all that momentum going into it. So people are going to watch that album like crazy. So there's kind of that. You look at Taylor, the reputation, as you kind of mentioned, obviously still a huge, huge album. Maybe not going to touch what 1989 did in in the grand scheme of things. Um, Of course, Ed Sheeran came along and he went to a new career high. We said before how uh, Cardi B came along, a huge superstar at this point. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of what big pop artist has come along in the last three years, kind of on that level as a new pop act. You know, we think about uh, Ed Sheeran had a big breakout year after 2015. Uh, Ariana Grande has maybe gone to greater heights, maybe. Uh, Gaga's back. But what new pop name has really come along that's on the level of like a Cardi B or any uh, of of these uh, hip hop acts that have had such breakouts the last couple of years? I uh, that level, I can't think of. One. I mean, personally, I still think Cardi B probably the biggest like breakout, maybe since Gaga, and that was a decade ago. Just in terms of sort of pop the whole pop culture, yeah. you know, question mark of you know of catchphrases, appearances, just everybody. Even if you don't like Lady Gaga's music, you you knew about her, you knew about the outfits and such and such. So I think Cardi's kind of in that same way, and I think maybe to the point that some people, especially when it comes to charts, are detracted by. Maybe that helps these hip hop artists is features. You can be on a lot of places at a lot at once and just the volume. I mean, you see artists in hip hop put out, they may put out two albums a year, you know, two, three albums a year, a collaborative here, you know, a 20 track here, my own solo work there, a mixtape. But I mean, pop artists just start producing that much volume. And kind of to my point earlier, you know, there's no such thing as oversaturation in a lot of ways. So the more you can get out there, the more you can catch on. And, you know, for some of these pop artists who are sticking to this one album every two year cycle, you know, maybe it's just a question of volume as well. Uh, the other thing is sort of a weird personal tie in here. But uh, you think about pop culture wise, pop pop music is generally you know, generally upbeat and happy, kind of reflects the mood of the country. 
uh, when Adele came back with Hello, uh, a few of us went to Adele played Radio City Music Hall. And this was, again, uh, fall 2015. A few of us went. So let's not scale this down. This is the one Adele NBC special concert. This is yeah. not the tour. This is the one where all the celebrities were. You know, th- this is like Adele's grand return, and Gary was there. Yeah, but I don't want I don't want you to undersell yourself. You got to see like the comeback concert. Uh, yeah, great great show, obviously. Uh, but you know who's sitting a few rows behind me? A man who is currently sitting at the top of the political power spectrum. Yeah. Let's also note that uh, Gary was sitting in front. Yes. Of Donald Trump. So, I, I, did I feel, you get better tickets than, I, I, than DJT? I, I feel a 5 a.m. tweet coming at me. <laughs> I'll take it. For the numbers this podcast will get, I'll take it. I'll sacrifice Gary for the numbers, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, mood may be a part of it, too, because we saw Katy Perry come back, who had been the face of pop for, for about the first half of this decade, put out Chain to the Rhythm, which was her uh, you know, political-leaning song. And whether it was the song itself or whether it was uh, the lyrical content, uh, it just didn't quite go over. And at that point, we sort of saw a shift in, in pop music not quite connecting the way it had been uh, this decade. So uh, maybe part of it is artists who didn't come along uh, to take the place of, of current pop acts, but also just uh, the national mood where pop music isn't maybe quite uh, what people are craving right now. And uh, not to belabor this point, but I'll actually throw one more step further, I think. When you look at sort of this social media culture, you know, and here we go, sort of diatribing, but I think a lot of people wonder about pop acts because, you know, one thing I think I'm learning with, with social media is people actually do enjoy authenticity. I think that's one reason why Rihanna is as, you know, as magnetic as she is, because people like that she's a real person. Right. You know, a lot of times people have sort of been trained or think that they have to sanitize themselves of anything, of any shred of personality to be this quote unquote mass appeal type of individual and i think you know more and more we're learning that's not necessarily the case i mean if you want to say you know cardi b would be the complete antithesis of that i'm sure there are probably publicists who told her forever clean up your image don't say this you know you know uh don't cuss in your interviews you know you don't need to crack all these jokes just you know just talk about the music and talk about how happy you are to be there and she's like no you know i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna i'm gonna be who i am and people love her for that People love Rihanna because she'll cut you to the quick. People love, I mean, even Beyonce, who's sort of this unapologetically who she's going to be, who she wants to be. And even, you know, when when, when Taylor comes out and, and sort of breaks that mold to talk about her political opinions, I mean, yes, of course, she got some flack for that from certain people. But I think overwhelmingly, a lot of people embraced her and appreciated her for sort of being this 3D person that you don't have to sort of pretend to be not a person to appeal to people. And I think uh, I think in hip-hop in particular, a lot of people kind of are more real and more open to just being who they are and, and have no apologies, no regrets, aren't being coached and conditioned about that. And that's resonating too. And you're saying at a time when everybody has an opinion about what's going on politically, we're going to be drawn more towards someone who's uh, honest and, and unfiltered as opposed to just a happy pop image that may be a little bit more fabricated? Yeah, because, in, and you know, it works on both sides because you know who you hear people and exactly to that point, no matter what side of the aisle you lean on, who is the person more than anybody you hear? I love that he's honest. I love that he's unfiltered. I love see it. It works. It works on any favor person with bad seats at Adele concerts. Uh, yeah. But to that same point, 
that's what people loved about him. That's what people got riled up for. And so whether you're a politician, a celebrity, both, I guess, that is something that people are really craving for in this environment. So, I mean, we've seen all kinds of trends. We've seen just in pop music over the last 25 years in uh, the early 90s, uh, hardcore rap really had a big moment and pop uh, sort of uh, slipped as uh, country and grunge got big and uh, pop didn't really recover until Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Spice Girls came along. And then uh, same thing in the early 2000s. I know we're about to talk about uh, Lil John in a minute, but 2003, not a moment uh, big for pop music really wasn't until uh, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga came along uh, years later. So, uh, you know, there are times when other genres jump ahead and, and pop winds up, uh, you know, playing more. It's called a turntable hits kind of songs that sound pop and maybe just don't get uh, the overall pop culture buzz uh, kind of uh, feels like where we are now. Pop uh, music is, is just sort of taking a backseat to hip hop and, uh, you know, streaming is is new in the last few years. So, uh, you know, there's always been different forms of consumption, but uh, historically uh, there are ebbs and flows. So uh, we don't know where it's going, but that's kind of what it feels like right now. Well, but one of the interesting things, too, to watch out for is, you know, I think especially in that moment when hip hop used to be the most popular, if you want to say in that early 2000s period, um, I guess rap song was as sort of poppy as it got. I mean, nowadays we see people, you know, basically singing on their own tracks certainly a lot more melody if not outright you know trying to be a singer at some point so when you merge those two concepts of you know hip-hop and pop together i wonder like and can they be unseparated like if so much of pop is is going to be influenced and driven by hip-hop i mean it seems interesting to think that you know it could could a song like i don't know i kissed a girl or just dance or some of these sort of classic pop songs can they can they come back or what is pop music basically going to be like after this era is done i mean yeah. is is pop changed forever is there always room for a sort of a standard pop song i guess we're gonna see but but i, I think you've never had the two genres be as close as they are now and i wonder it is, it is, it's just hard for me to think that they can mix and then just go back separately without any kind of you know, permanent interaction or change between the two. Well, yeah, you've got people now uh, who were born into an era where it really was uh, not so much the rock era, it's the hip-hop era. So that should fundamentally change uh, what pop music is going to be going forward. All right, so uh, talking the early 2000s, uh, as we uh, talked about going back to uh, Lil John, huge hit back then, and I guess for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to say the word crunk. What did you say during that whole era? Did you just bleep it out was it a bad word no i was working in, in ac radio we we're playing uh, uh vertical horizon like and, michelle branch yeah michelle branch Vanessa you see Carlton. how happy he got <laughs> wow throwback thursday for gary all right well uh, we are gonna uh keep it on the mainstream channel for 2003 and a song that was inescapable everywhere from the radio to the dance floor certainly to any high school halls in america that is the song get low by little john and the east side boys <laughs> Y'all got to go. We taking over this club tonight. Little Johnny Shot Boy. Hey, yeah, yeah. Let's get this thing crushed. Any song that is inescapable from the radio to the dance floor to any high school hall in America. We are talking about the song Get Low by Lil John and the East Side Boys. So we got on the phone with Lil John, and as one of the orchestrators of Crunk, and I guess Gary, you probably can uh 
pick something up from this. We wanted to know what was it about Kronk that made it so special and such a moment in not only Southern hip hop, but just hip hop overall. So this, according to Little John, is what makes Kronk Kronk. Well, Kronk basically means there's a couple of different ways to summarize it. I always tell people, like, when you turn the car on, you crank it up. And once it's crunk, once you crank it up and it's going for a minute, it's crunk. So that's where the word kind of comes from. But it really means, like, that's something to have a lot of energy. Like, so, like, you, you own, like, you, you popping, like, you, your energy level is off the hook. So you crunk. So crunk means energy. So it's having a lot of energy and just the utmost litmus is what crunk basically is. Right before you go crazy, that's what crunk is. But what makes crunk's music differently is like the production has to have energy before the vocals even get on it. So the beat has to make you go crazy. That's why we go crazy when we get in the studio and get on the tracks because the beats have energy too. They amp us up and they make us get even more crunk on the track. So it starts with the with the with the track and then the vocals you put on it. The vocals has just gotta be some high energy vocals and crunk songs normally. Um and crunk songs are like they like they tell you what to do. You know what I'm saying? They they they're like put your hands up or push a motherfucker or throw some bows. It's all about, you know, telling people something to do or, you know, that's a part of it. But definitely most crunk songs, if not all, have chants in them. And that makes people, like, get riled up and turned up. It's the chanting also. So the beat and the chanting. All right, now, pretty impressively, the certainly maybe one of the first crunk songs a lot of people just coast to coast would have heard very well may have been Get Low. And oddly enough, it, we can thank a certain producer for that song, and I don't mean Little John. I mean the guy who inspired him to make Get Low. Uh, another hip-hop classic really comes into the equation here. This is the guy, and this is the track, who very well, maybe you could say, maybe the godfather of Crunk in some sense, is Swiss Beats. Who would have guessed? The beat, I made the beat because I love the party up beat, DMX party up. I love that beat so much. I was like, I want to do a beat like that. So Get Low's track came from me trying to make a beat like party up. So that's my party up vibe. And I ended up, you know, I didn't make that type of song to it, but we ended up, you know, uh, me and Ying Yang went in the studio and we came out with Get Low. Um, and yeah, like, we thought it was going to be a dope strip club record. <laughs> you know, a good twerk song, but uh, I mean, we never would have ever imagined the song is still going. It came out in what, two, 2002 or three, and it's 2018, and I play that song in the club every weekend. And people are still seeing it like it's brand new. It's really crazy as an artist, as a musician, as a producer, that you could make something that never gets old. So thanks to Swiss Beats, Lil John makes Get Low. This song blows up all the way to number two on the Hot 100, stuck behind only Baby Boy, Beyonce featuring Sean Paul. And of course, 
Beyonce, I mean, that was her massive breakout year as well on, as a solo artist. So, unfortunately, Lil Jon not able to get to number one. But here is what he thought about coming in second place to Queen B. Shit, number, somebody got to be number two, shit. I mean, yo, nobody can't, Everybody can't be McDonald's. Somebody got to be Burger King. And, and Burger King ain't rich, dude. I was going to say, <laughs> and, and Burger King still get paid, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's how I look at it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but if you don't know Lil John from Get Low, you probably most certainly got to probably most certainly. I kind of like that. Sounds like an alternative album title from the 90s. Probably most certainly. Yeah, I could yeah, yeah, that's that's a very 90s. That's very good, very good. Uh, but you probably most certainly got to know Lil John Soon after that, thanks to an episode of Chappelle's show where Dave Chappelle parodies Lil John. Uh, all, of course, the catchphrases are all there. I'm not going to imitate them right now. There's a storyline at one point where Oprah is pregnant with his baby. There's just a lot going on. If you have not seen it, check it out. Of course, Lil John himself easily got wind of that. So here's what Lil John thought about Chappelle's show, how he actually ended up in one of those sketches, and what Chappelle's show did for his profile overall. Yeah, I watched Dave Chappelle. So Cypher Sounds is the homie. So Cypher Sounds was the DJ on the show. He hit me a week before the show aired and was like, man, Dave is doing this impersonation of you, bro. It's hilarious. I said, what? Dave Chappelle is doing a impersonation of me on his show? I'm like, what? you tripping, man. He's like, man, wait till you see this. I was in the studio. I remember I was in the studio recording I think it was Kings of Crunk album. And I remember we was in the studio and he called me. And then the next week, I was I think I was still in the studio. We looked at it on TV and my mouth, my jaw just dropped. I was like, wow. Like, Dave Chappelle's the biggest comedian at the time and the hottest show on television at the time. And he's doing an impersonation of me. Like, this is crazy. You know, and he played the song in the show, the first the first sketch. Played I Don't Give Up on the show. Like, I'm like, wow, this is, I can't believe this, you know. And then the sketch, you know, do, to do, he did a couple other ones. And then I just went to the show to say what up to Dave one day and to thank him for doing the sketch because I knew, you know, that was major. And, you know, I kind of saw where I actually hadn't, no, let me see. Did I start to see, I probably, at that time, I probably started to get people to come up to me in the airport and all of that from, from the sketch. But, so I went to the show to say hello to Dave and then thank him. And then he was like, hang out for a little bit. Let's, you can jump in the sketch. So I was there on set. We did one sketch that never made it. And then he had the idea to do the Lil John talking to Lil John. So got to be in a sketch with him on the show also. So it's like, man, that was just a legendary moment for me to, you know, to, to be able to sit there and comedically ad lib with someone. And then those, the ad libbing that we did back and forth turned into a sketch that on the show is like, man, like I just felt so blessed and I was just so thankful. You know, I remember being in the airport and, uh, family, a white family came up to me, little kid, mom and dad, grandparents, and they all knew who I was because of, they watched the show. So 
it, it took, yeah, you know, it, it took me to places that, that music, like they might not never listen to my music, but they knew me from the Dave Chappelle show. So basically it put me in the front of people that wouldn't listen to my music or might not like my music, but they liked that sketch. They liked the character in that sketch. And flash forward to 2018, uh, if you're in Las Vegas, Little John has an extended deal with Hakkasan Nightclub. So if you're around the city, make sure you check him out. Of course, he plays Get Low in his sets because how can you have a dance floor in Las Vegas with Little John and not hear that song? All right, so our thanks to Little John for taking us back in that little time machine. Uh, You know, I I know maybe for Gary, this was not his sound, his moment, but, you know, as somebody who was back in just wee old grade school and this song came out, you know, it's always fun to reminisce about some of the songs that really, you know, shaped your world when you were uh, in your teenage years. Want to hear Michelle Branch? All right, so we'll talk to you next time on the, on the Trump B podcast. We, of course, will be keeping our eyes on the number one race. We know it was really close this week with ZZ coming just a hair short to Maroon 5. We will see if Maroon 5 can hold on for a sixth week with girls like you and Cardi B, or if uh, ZZ, of course, can keep challenging for the number one spot. Maybe some competition from Travis Scott in another sense. With the Sicko Mode video having come out last right. Friday. Yeah, it should make actually a, a pretty good gain in streaming. I think that's really something to watch for uh, maybe potentially number one next week. All right. Well, if Travis Scott couldn't get it this week with uh, helping out Kodak and Offset, maybe he'll just have to do it himself next week. Michelle Branch, wrapping us up. Is that just Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.